Well, there you have another episode of Straight Outta Combat Radio, audio medicine by Green Zone Hero. This veteran story is remarkable. It's an incredible story and testimony about perseverance, how to overcome some of the most horrific things that can be thrown at in our lives. And, you know, he's he's authentic. He's real. He's very talented. He's got a heart of gold. He's got a firm belief, him and his wife, in God and in the message of Jesus Christ. And I'm so humbled and honored to have had him on Straight Outta Combat Radio. And I think you're going to like this story. Your steely-eyed killer shadow in the night You were born to fight You gotta light them up My name is John Krotek, and I want to welcome you to Straight Outta Combat Radio, audio medicine by Green Zone Hero. We're here to honor the wisdom of America's most valuable asset for combat veterans. We're authentic, we're empowering, we're American. Our guest for this episode of Straight Out of Combat Radio, Audio Medicine by Green Zone Hero, is a United States Army veteran who I met two and a half years ago in San Antonio. We had a blast. This soldier's, well, literally, this soldier's story is incredible. He, uh, he surprised the hell out of me. I met him at a, at a banquet one night, and then the next night I saw him perform. And I couldn't believe that he was he was very talented. He was dancing around like he had been doing it his whole life. And I was very impressed with that. And it's taken me two and a half years to get him here. But let me tell you a little bit about Justin Lane or JP as he goes by. He is a Purple Heart recipient. He's going to talk a little bit about that. But like everybody else, he knows what happened on September 11th when the Twin Towers fell. And He's, he's pretty explicit about it. He knew right then and there, even though he was in eighth grade, he knew that he wanted to serve his country. That's pretty cool. He saw the towers fall and he knew he knew he had to do something. So he said and he quoted, one day I'm going to join the military. And that's what probably most eighth graders would say. But JP actually meant it. In 2008, at the age of 20, he joined the U.S. Army, became a combat engineer, and deployed to Afghanistan in 2010. His job was to search for IEDs, improvised explosive devices, and on, which is a damn dangerous job, as he soon found out. On July 2nd, 2011, JP was blown up not once, twice, but for the third time. But this one was much different. It injured him in a way that would forever scar and hurt his body, but it didn't hurt his brain or his will and his drive to succeed. And it just, it's mind boggling how the injuries this soldier had, how he was able to overcome those and put all the detractors and naysayers to rest. He was in an induced coma for six months, didn't go through one or two or three or four surgeries. He went through 28 surgeries to fix the damage that this explosive device did. He was told life would never be the same, but JP didn't believe it. He was going to make life better. So what he ended up doing was he proved everybody wrong. He went to work, which is what most people with a heart like his do. They go to work. They don't give up. They keep going. He's walking, not only walking, he's dancing, hip-hop, which is hard as hell to do. I can't even do it on the legs I've got. This soldier is dancing around like a madman, and it's very impressive to watch. He sings. He's a recording artist and has some phenomenal music. His first CD went out in 2016. He's going to tell us about that. Now, this show's not about me. But this bio is impressive, so I've got to tell you a little bit more, and then we're going to let JP take over and tell us his story. This man has been very active. He has performed at the Black Tie and Boots Ball during the presidential inaugurations, not only for President Obama in 2012, but for our current president, Trump, in 2016. He's performed with recording legends like Lee Greenwood. Gavin McGraw, Neil McCoy, Aaron Tippin, Jason Castro, and many others. He has sung all over the world and supported organizations like Helping a Hero, 
that built his fully adapted home that includes a recording studio and an ambassador for adaptive vet that adapts homes for injured veterans who are getting basically back into their lives. And that's where I met Justin was at an adaptive vet performance in San Antonio a couple of years ago. He has supported impactful community groups like Taking It to the Streets, who feed the homeless, and Gang, G-A-N-G, Outreach in Colorado that provides positive, encouraging sports camps for underprivileged kids. When he signed the dotted line and joined the Army in 2008, he pledged to serve and to protect the American people. Despite his severe injuries and because he's still alive today, by the grace of God, which he wears on his shoulder and pretty favorably too, he's doing that Again, he is serving. He continues to serve. He's a motivational speaker and loves challenging people to never give up, never surrender. His first book, Walking Again, was released on September 11th, 2019, just last week. And he looks forward to continuing his mission to change hearts and minds while encouraging others to persevere through the challenges of life. On February 18th, 2018, This is awesome. JP married the love of his life, Crystal. He says she is beautiful inside and out, and her love for the Lord and for him shines through like a burning sun. Shortly after their marriage, they were in in a life-threatening car wreck that took JP back to the day in Afghanistan when his life changed. They pushed through the fear, went through rehab again, and are stronger than ever. And I must say that I'm honored and humbled, Justin, to have you here, man. It took me a while, sorry. But <laughs> you've been busy, man. And I know that you just recently sang um the Star Spangled Banner. Is that true? Yeah. That's true. Did the uh one of the most beautiful patriotic songs this country's ever heard. Um and I was honored to do it at the Astros game on September eleventh. Phenomenal, man. I'm I'm just uh I and many, many, many others across the globe are thrilled to death that you're still here. I don't know if that's a good way of putting it, but but we are so <laughs> happy that you're here to tell us your story. And, and so I've talked enough, but I had to read your bio. It's kind of like it's as long as the Constitution. I know, right? <laughs> but it's well-deserving, man. You've been busy. And, and, you know, so tell us a little bit about the roots that you grew up with to give you such a phenomenal spirit. Tell us about that, Justin. Well, I mean, it, a lot of people like to assume that it started out good from the, from the very beginning and uh, that I was just a happy-go-lucky kid. But uh, honestly, it was different. You'll read in the beginning of my book where it talks about how my parents divorced, separated. Ultimately, I was with my biological mother for... A few years and it was pretty tough it was definitely nothing that I wanted to deal with and live with as a childhood uh, or in my childhood but ultimately from a young age I actually had to take care of my younger siblings uh, just because of how everything was going on in the household so how many kids how many how many kids on my mom's side there will be four of us so you basically, you, you grew up quick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was the oldest of the four, changing diapers, cleaning, had to do what I had to do in order to get food for my siblings sometimes and lunch at school and different things. But, yeah. So it wasn't uh, rainbows and butterflies for my childhood. But thankfully... My father won custody when I was in eighth grade, right before I started eighth grade, and I was able to move with him in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And literally, uh, we joke about it all the time, but he brought my uh, younger brother and I, Anthony, up to Green Bay, Wisconsin. And literally, as we pull into Green Bay, he drops us off at a church camp for the weekend. He already had enough of us for the 10-hour drive home. So that's when Jesus entered my heart, but I didn't really 
uh, walking in my faith till much, much later. So, well, he knew, you know, he knew that he had to have a foundation somewhere, which is cool. So, and the Lord works in mysterious ways. We hear that all the time. And at least that was a dabbling. Did you have any kind of military history in your background with your family? My, yeah, my dad actually is prior Air Force. He served for 16 years in the Air Force. Also, uh, I believe one of my uncles was in the Navy. And I think that's about it. But other than that, not much military experience other than that. What were you listening to in music back then? I, I'm kind of embarrassed to even say what I was listening to because <laughs> it's uh, boy bands <laughs> back in the day. Yeah, I even shoot. I'll even I'll be honest. I was listening to Hanson was a boy band back then. Backstreet Boys, NSYNC, all the lame stuff that nobody cares about nowadays, pretty much. Yeah, but you learned some of those moves, man. Pretty fancy moves. I mean, but... Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know, you mentioned in the eighth grade that you saw the Twin Towers fall and you knew then that, you know, you were destined to be a soldier or something to do with the military. Um, yeah, I, I felt it in my bones, really. I mean, I at that moment, seeing the towers fall and our teacher telling us that we were being attacked, that's something that set, I think, a fire inside of me, like that I, I need to serve. I, I want to be a part of this, our military stopping this and allowing it to never happen again. And I'm honored to, to be a part of that military that can say that. Twin Towers have, something like that has never happened since. And that's amazing. It is amazing. So you, so you got out of high school. You waited a year or so to join the Army. What was going on during that time? That would be a high school uh, girl who <laughs> caught my attention and probably became a little bit of a distraction from that military mindset. Uh, so I followed her to Mexico for a little bit. And then I was reminded of my promise that I made to myself to join the military. What did came you back. <laughs> It's amazing how, how uh, women can do that, you know? I know. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your mind can just go. So, but, but you made the commitment. You stuck to it. Where did you go to basic at? Uh, Fort Leonardwood, uh, Missouri. And that's where I did all of my training. So. Combat engineer school was there, too? Yeah. And then, then did you go to a permanent duty station or did you deploy right away? How did that go down? So from the very start when I signed the dotted line, I, I was pretty intelligent at how I wanted to go about uh, doing my service. I knew that if I joined the reserves, I had a higher chance of still living in Mexico with my ex. So I started reserve knowing that after my contract, I would go active duty and serve a lifetime contract, which was my entire plan. I had it all mapped out. My command, I showed my commanders and everything. So that was the plan from the start. So I was in uh, Wausau, Wisconsin with a 428 engineer company based over there. And then we were activated in 2010 to go over to Afghanistan. So about... Two years after joining the military is when I finally got to go to war. So when you when you got your deployment orders, did you what were you thinking at that time? What was the unit thinking, or what were you thinking? I was excited, and I know that sounds really weird, but I I could give you all sorts of people on the list that could prove that I'm this crazy. But on a regular basis, I was calling, "Hey, are we deploying yet? Are we deploying yet?" and Every time they'd be like, nope, not yet, not yet. And finally, I got that call and the excitement just feel like, yes, I'm finally going to get to serve in the capacity that I wanted to for my country. And so, of course, needless to say, no one else was excited like <laughs> I was in my family or any of that. But that wasn't the point. My, the point was, I'm finally going to go serve. Did you guys get trained up? Did you have special training before you went or how did that go down? Yeah, we did a little bit of training, pretty much doing route clearance rehearsals, I guess, if you will. I don't really remember the terminology for it, but we would just uh, train our eyes. I mean, our number one job was to search for bombs and make sure we found them. So uh, that being said, if we found them, then we saved lives. If we didn't, people got hurt. And that was a very serious business. So we took it. We all took it very seriously. And 
so we trained um, for a short period of time, headed over to Afghanistan in October of 2010, and got started with missions right away. So what did you what did you see there? What was going on when you got there, and what, and what kept you focused? Well, it was definitely how do I explain it? It was culture shock because I've never seen that before. I never saw a land covered in dust, electricity poles and running water and all these amazing things, the amenities that we have in this country. I didn't see that. So it was definitely a culture shock uh, landing there. But as we got there and we started realizing um, or just remembering what we're there to do and what we're uh, there to protect it, we just got in the zone. I mean, my entire company, we just, well, we became a well-oiled machine right away and just uh, got to work, really. So we just stayed focused on the fact that with each day, we need to stay vigilant and uh, keep our eyes open and continue to be aware of our surroundings. And with each day by day, it'll help us get home. So, you know, you mentioned, you know, the things that we take for granted here in the States. You know, I used to do a lot of travel to South America and it never amazed me how when I would go with people, they would think that the rest of the world lived like we did. And and it is it is a, a culture shock, you know, something as simple as turning on a light bulb, you know, that you and I take for granted, you know, they don't know if it's going to work or, or, or anything, even running water. So, yeah, it's a huge culture shock, you know, so. You mentioned in your bio that you had been blown up twice. What, what does that mean? Does that mean you detonated or you actually were involved and in, in, in had a scare? Uh, I was in the blast, yeah. So uh, the only thing you can see around you is dust at that point. Vehicles disappear, uh, trees, everything that's around you disappears, and it's just a big black cloud. But I tell people that when I was blown up, honestly, so... My very first blast experience ever, we were blown up, the truck goes up, it comes down, it's missing uh, some tires and stuff, but everybody inside was okay. And at this point, I was in the driver's seat, which isn't necessarily normal for me. I was almost always in the gunner turret or behind a weapon system somewhere. But anyways, I was in the driver's seat uh, on this occasion, and I look over to my truck commander in the passenger seat and i was like let's do that again because (laughs) i love roller coasters and i love all of the like just being crazy and uh outgoing and doing daredevil stuff i guess so when i was blown up and no one was hurt my mindset automatically went to well i could do this all day because this isn't a problem i mean nobody got hurt so i could get blown up all the time it doesn't matter i can't imagine so so you're out running these missions. You're focused on your job because you know how important it is. I'm not going to say you're crazy, but you're enjoying what you're doing. Um, right. Maybe you have to be crazy to be a combat engineer. I don't know. I was NBC. Tell us about the third explosion and what happened there as much as you want to tell us or, you know, what happened on that day? Was it a day, typical day and you just out on a mission and anything that stands out in particular besides the the injury uh honestly uh everything stands out which is why i can tell people that god exists because things don't happen there's no such thing as coincidence i believe i think it's all literally god his plan just being laid out if you will and so the reason i say that is because that day was my day off and I shouldn't have even been on mission. And people always ask, well, if it was your day off, then why were you out there and how'd you get blown up? And I tell them I volunteered. (laughs) That's, that's why we had a different kind of mission that day. And so I was called to uh, attend or asked uh, really uh, if I wanted to go on mission and so I decided to join and the platoon and go out. And I was up in the gunner's turret and we left the fob. And I had no idea that that was going to be the last time I would ever see that fob again. Most of the soldiers in that 
that base. And so we're out there and our job normally when we cleared routes, we only cleared a route once. So we would drive on the route, make sure there's no IEDs. As long as it was cleared, we'd move on to the next route and uh, continue that until our list of routes for the day were accomplished and finished, and we would go back to our base. Well, this day was specifically uh, different, I guess, and we needed to cover a route called Route Red Stripe twice, once in the morning and once in the afternoon, which wasn't normal for us, but it was required because there were higher-ups and some big wigs coming through, I guess, on that route. So in the morning, we go on that route, and the truck in front of me was blown up. Everybody was okay. We waited for a new crew and a new truck to join us and continue on mission. And when we came back later that afternoon, the, while we were gone, the Taliban had plenty of time to bury a bigger, stronger IED and in the same hole we were just blown up in that morning. And when, when my truck rolled over it, they chose my truck and press the button so so it was an unusual mission that you you know which exactly like you say you clear a route you, you don't go back they they basically set it up again and knew exactly what they were doing so yeah business kind of not like usual but you're out there to do your job and then that happens and then what do you remember after the blast everything Nothing for months or do you no i remember every detail until the moment I passed out outside of the truck before they put me on the helicopter. So when I was blown up, our truck landed on the passenger side. It went up and smashed down on the passenger side. So we weren't sitting like normal. Uh, that's when my uh, pelvis snapped in half and my spine dislocated from my pelvis. So I was literally a piece of spaghetti laying in the truck. Mm. Uh, my upper torso was lay laying on top of my truck commander and he was suffocating. Um, because of all of my weight and he was pretty much uh, yelling lane lane get off me I can't breathe and so I had to use my right arm that had snapped in half the broken part of it to push off of him and keep my weight a little bit off of him so that I wouldn't take his breath away um, at that moment my now mind you my adrenaline is pumping so hard that I don't feel any pain at all um, in fact, I had no idea I was an amputee at that moment either. But um, I look down while I'm holding myself up, and I see that my uniform, my pants are bloody pretty much all the way down. Uh, and so I knew I was messed up, but I didn't really understand or know how much, how bad it was. Then the moment I passed out is when the, the medic and the other soldiers that were in my convoy that were able to get outside were holding me out of the truck and got me down on the ground. They, my medic put six IV bags, pumped six IV bags in to my body after putting tourniquets everywhere, uh, before the helicopter even landed. So my medic said that when they picked me up and put me in the helicopter, he saw my eyes roll back and they thought they lost me right there. Well, we're glad that we didn't, but the you know the real challenge had begun for you. So you must have been meted back to Europe, or was it back to the states? Uh, yep, I went to I think one or two bases in Afghanistan before I finally got to Germany. Then in Germany for a short period, and then back to the states. I went to Walter Reed and. DC. So it was several months, several weeks, and uh, before the rehab even started, they were they were patching you up big time. Oh yeah, I was pretty messed up. <laughs> you know, thanks thanks for sharing that. You know, I know that it's tough at times, but it's it, it, you know, but we want people to understand what you went through. And yeah, uh, so you're back. You're at Walter Reed. Thank God you're back on U.S. soil. And then th that journey of rehabilitation starts. And, you know, what were you when you finally came out or came to your senses in a way? What, what were you thinking? What was going on? I know that you you're a fighter, man. And, you know, they're telling you all these things that you're not going to be able to do. And somehow I get the feeling that deep down inside you were like, not going to happen. I'm going to do it my way. We're, yeah. we're going to beat this bad boy. And that's tell us about that. 
So they didn't, the doctors and nurses and everybody, they didn't understand that they had a rebel child on their hands. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. You know. So when someone told me I couldn't do something, I was the first to start doing it. Yeah, I had definitely that fighter spirit as well. And I believe God put all that in me to help me get through what I went through. When I was in, well, I just recently had woken up from my coma and the doctors were coming in telling my parents and everybody that, I will probably not be able to use prosthetics because my right leg had received so much burn damage uh, to the skin tissue that I wouldn't be able to handle the force of prosthetics, ultimately meaning I wouldn't be able to walk again. And then on top of that, to add to the destructive news that normally would bring people into depression and all that and anger. But uh, the doctors told my family that when they took the tracheotomy tube uh, out of my throat, they accidentally destroyed my vocal cords and that I would probably talk funny and I would never be able to sing again. Uh, so I ended up having to go through speech therapy, learn how to talk again. Uh, I don't know why, but they also wanted me to color. <laughs> <laughs> But that's kind of it. Yeah, it was it was interesting. It was I felt at times like I was like a five year old, four year old kid relearning all these weird things that we do at that age, you know. So it was just difficult. Well, the interesting thing too for for those of you listening is that when I met JP, you know, it was at a it was at a supper. We we sat down for this like banquet, remember, and we went around the room and talked about our stories, your parents were there. I think your mom and dad were both there. And uh, your story was very inspirational. Well, the next night we went to a barbecue and I got to say, <laughs> I got to say <laughs> you were singing like a banshee. And I mean, really, really good. And I couldn't believe the moves you had. So all the things that you were told you weren't going to listen to. And, 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 you know, now that I've heard your story, cause I heard a little bit of it, but not like you expressed it today. And, phenomenal man and 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 kudos to you and god bless you man so that was really good thank you yeah i just i when when someone says i'm not going to be able to do something uh especially if it's something i enjoy doing i'm going to give it everything i have and they tell me i wasn't going to be able to use prosthetics i for a moment, I thought they were right because when I first got into my right prosthetic, uh, my left one was okay. Well, I mean, I had issues there too, but my right one in regards to the burned skin, it did tear apart and start bleeding inside my prosthetic. So obviously that would create a little bit of doubt on the fact of, oh, well, are the doctors right? I'm not going to be able to use prosthetics. What's going to happen here? But just kept moving forward and I always joke around, but on a serious note, I tell people aloe, like the aloe plant. Yeah. That thing is a miracle worker because that's what I use to heal my skin. That's incredible because, you know, that is aloe for sunburns and everything else. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell people that's a that's a plant, a gift from God right there because that plant does miracles. And so I used it for a couple of weeks, my, hand, my skin healed up amazingly. I got back in prosthetics. Uh, then, of course, I had uh, issues with my left prosthetic because my femur had snapped in half when I was blown up. And the doctors thought it was healed again, and it wasn't. So it re-snapped in half inside my prosthetic mm, after yeah. walking a couple steps. That was a fun. <laughs> but I didn't let the, I guess the best part about all of the crap that I had gone through is the fact that I didn't let it bring me down to the point where like I completely gave up. Did I contemplate suicide sometimes? Yeah. Oh yeah. When I first came out of the coma and I was just looking at the guy I, I would see in the mirror, just torn apart, not the person I used to be. I mean, my forefront teeth were knocked out when I was blown up. So prior to doing surgery and everything to give me teeth again, I was literally with a big old hole in the front uh a lisp and all that stuff and it just was i was looking at someone who wasn't me you know yeah and yeah. it would hurt some days so yeah i i did contemplate suicide quite a few times 
I even had everything there with me to do it too, but I never pulled the trigger. I never swallowed the pills. I never, I never did it to finish what I thought was going to fix the problem. And boy, am I glad I never did because not only has God fixed the problem, but he's given me the strength to realize that every day that I'm still here, I get to honor those who I've lost who are not here. So, for example, my my best friend, Justin Ross, who was shot and killed by a sniper in Afghanistan while we were there, he's no longer with us. But I get to honor him and his memory every day that I live and, and show respect and honor to his sacrifice because I'm still here and I didn't give up. Well, that's, you know, that's a phenomenal way of looking at it. You know, like I said, when I met you, I wouldn't even have known any of this. You're, you're a regular Joe. You're a regular guy. You know, I had no idea. And you didn't conduct yourself like somebody that was damaged. You, right. you, you were like a bright star. And, and, you know, you had the whole audience at that barbecue, like, just clapping and hooting and hollering. And it was a great performance and, and very professional. So, again, you know, glad you're here. And what a way of putting that, Justin, that you're honoring not only your your – buddy that was shot but you know those americans that did not come home and yeah what a what a testimony you know thinking back would you do it all over again a hundred percent i would do it a million times over number one i tell people that because my favorite part is a, a gift that definitely i know god's given me which is the ability to see the positive in the negative and so when I tell people, when they ask me that question, would you do it all over again? And I tell them, yes, they ask me why. And I tell them immediately, because I lost two feet. I no longer have athlete's foot. I'm an inch <laughs> taller. I, don't, I save plenty of money on socks. There are so many positives in the negatives that the devil tries to bring us down with. There's so many positives in that if you just look for them. Knowing everything I've gone through and knowing the pain that I've gone through, which, yeah, that freaking sucked, but it was short-lived. Now, do I have pain on my legs when I use these prosthetics on a daily basis by the end of the day, each day? <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't matter. That's That's not a lot of pain compared to the pain I have suffered through and overcome. So... To be in the situation where I'm at now in two prosthetics, one of them being uh, completely computerized, biomechanical, I don't even know all the terminology, this prosthetic is insane, and be able to walk again, that is a blessing in itself. But my favorite part about still being here is getting to tell other soldiers and even civilians that through everything I've been through, I'm still here because I overcame. And God gave me the strength to do it. That's <laughs> that's inspirational, motivating. And, and, you know, one thing that it brings the light, despite the challenges of being injured and the things that you had to go through on a daily basis and continue to go through, the one thing that resonates with me is the celebration of life, which is God-given. And yeah. You know, to be able to take, you know, we're talking about taking not just one or two lemons. We're talking about a whole orchard full of lemons in your yeah. case. And we're making a tanker truck full of lemonade. That that That's how I look at it. it, it it's it, you, JP, you're a phenomenal uh, human being and soldier and uh, husband. I know performer. Kudos to you, man. You know, tell us about. Uh, the singing because you do have a great voice and then lead that into the book and what, what the book's all about without giving away everything. Cause we want people <laughs> yeah. to buy the book, you know? Oh, trust me. There's plenty to read. Yeah. This, uh, there's many details that I didn't talk about that are still in there. And on top of that, that there's some details about my family and, and pretty much the, the nonsense that they were going through, the same year, we, my family, we call the year of 2011 the year of Job for my family. Yeah. So you'll, you'll get to see, and, and that's one thing that I am honored to have in my book is 
that my stepmom and my dad there, I look up to them very much because they've overcome so much. And uh, I get to tell their stories as well in there. Music, of course, going back to when the doctors told me I wasn't going to sing again, my dad being a singer and a, a country uh, artist himself and loving to sing and perform and stuff and just having that musical background, I was like, there's no way. I'm not going to have them tell me, well, you can't sing again when that's one of my favorite things to do. I already have to leave out doing a lot of the favorite things I did with my feet, like running and racing and doing those things. So I'm not going to, I have everything that I still uh, have on the upper torso side of me, including my head and voice and all that. So I'm going to try and use it to whatever capabilities I can. So I was driving around one day and all of a sudden uh, God pops on this song called Only a Mountain by Jason Castro. And I was listening to hip hop music in my car at the time. So it was just really weird uh, how it all happened. It kind of freaked me out for a minute. But it was because I asked God, what do you want me to do with my life now? Because I lost my legs. I, I mean, you need to give me a purpose here. I need to do something. And so he, the song comes on and it talks about how the things that we go through, it's only a mountain. You can tell it to move. And ultimately telling me that this isn't a big deal. Losing my legs, the other 24 injuries on top of that that I received, everything that I've gone through, it, it'll all move aside and we'll get past it. And so I was just like broken down in my car crying and and I was like, okay, well, I want to I wanna do something. So he tells me, go pick up a guitar. And I could hear it loud and clear, pick up a guitar, go get a guitar. And I was like, okay. So I went to the nearest guitar store. I Googled it and got everything that I needed to learn how to play guitar. And Which one and did I you decided, get? Which guitar did you get? Actually, to be honest, since I was probably pretty low on funds. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm always low on funds. But because my budget was low i think i bought like an ibanez or something i see like, a couple of guitars there in your studio you listeners can't see them but i see your guitars yeah now well yeah now i have some pretty cool guitars in fact one of them was donated uh to me from an organization called impact a hero but can you play something real quick can you play something right now like a little ditty absolutely man can you just you know yeah yeah of course this guitar right here is one of my favorite guitars. Let's see here. It's a I pretty guitar, play... man. That's a beautiful guitar, by the way. Thank you. I can play a uh, song that I just wrote that I'm actually going to be recording in the studio uh, next week. So all right, man. Gave it all up. Sunshine, rain, shower And I know living this life for a reason Where you go, I'll follow You're giving me strength for tomorrow This I know Cause you gave it all up for me beautiful man that's that's brilliant uh, gosh it's the very powerful brother very powerful thank you thank you for I actually doing that, wrote that song so, say that again thank you for doing that yeah of course i didn't mean to throw you on the spot you know no oh shoot i have people do that on the planes and everywhere else so it's kind of funny <laughs> but i i wrote that song it's called gave it all up and i started realizing that a lot of veterans especially those who 
have become wounded in war and people start, of course, praising them for their sacrifice, right? And, but it starts getting to their heads. When we start getting cocky and we start getting our heads bigger than what they should be, that's not God's purpose for us in our stories. It's to inspire people, not to be like, oh, yeah, look at me. I'm all this and that when really you're not. And so I wrote the song to remind the veterans and to remind, I guess, anybody who ever does end up thinking that they're just amazing that and they sacrificed and gave everything that God gave his only son for this whole planet. And we only did a sacrifice for one country. Yeah, that's a lot of people in this country, which is still I wouldn't take it back. But I'm reminded of a sacrifice greater than my own. And it's definitely a, that's an authentic way of putting it when the message of the Bible and Jesus Christ. And, you know, it's you know, you, you are definitely, you know, I'm not here to butter you up because you're just so real. You know, your humility speaks volumes and it's nice to hear, you know, uh, moderation and balance because you're right. A lot of people do run away with success or because they receive all these accolades. You know, it's not really always about fame and success. Sometimes it's just lending somebody a helping hand, you know. Yep. It's not always about the mountaintop. Sometimes it's just walking with somebody at sea level. Yeah, to to piggyback off of that, I wish I could uh, show you the door to my garage and also the mirror that's in uh, my wife and I's bathroom. We have a piece of paper that we wrote out, the things that we want to remind ourselves on a daily basis every day when we wake up. And at the very bottom of that list is who can we bless today? That's and that is wonderful, man. one of our favorite things to do. You know, we need more of that, too. You know, we live in a world now that's divisive and there's so much negative vitriol out there and people are pointing fingers and really angry. And, you know, uh, you know, and, 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 and they haven't had to experience most humans experience things, but they haven't had to experience the extreme like you have. So right. to hear your story, JP, and the way you you vocalize it um, is a reminder to all of us that no matter how bad things might seem or how challenging things are, you know, you'll get through it. But when you get there and you reach some of the summits that you've thought about, remember that, remember where you came from, Mm -hmm. you know, so that's beautiful, man. So you're a guy that has not forgotten that. And, and you're, you're a living, breathing legend already. And don't let it go to your head, but, but you're, but, but you're on the road to helping, and have helped millions so far. And, and so I, I want to talk a little bit about the book, Walking Again by J.P. Lane. It just came out. It just got, you know, on September 11th. Yeah. How, yeah, that, I did that on purpose. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah. You've always got yeah. something going on. So tell us a, a little bit about it and how people can get a copy of it. Yeah, so of course this has been a long time coming, and I apologize to my family, friends, and everybody out there that, has been asking me to write my story. Uh, I'm Army, so forgive me. They didn't teach us how to read or write. I had to learn in the process. (laughs) Yeah, you got that right, man. (laughs) But we finally did it. We finally put it together. And I'm so proud to finally, I mean, I look at it on a daily basis and it brings me to tears. And in fact, chapters three through seven bring me to tears every time I read them because it's just a reminder of what I've been through, what my family has been through, and what we've all overcome. And it's just what I believe is, even though I say it's not an inspirational book or a self-help book or any of that stuff, I just do really hope that people are like, okay, I just read this dude's story, and if he and his family overcame all that nonsense and that junk and that crap, that, wow, I think I can do this now. I can... I can overcome what I'm going through right now and and I can walk again with every step forward in my life. And so it's just really cool. And, and uh, one of my good, dear buddies that I've performed with quite a few times, uh, Lee Greenwood, he's actually put a very kind paragraph or so on the back of my book for a nice comment there, which is awesome. And the, tight, the cover 
is probably the coolest cover. If I if I actually do have a plan to write uh, another book, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to top this cover idea because this cover <laughs> is so cool. I God like downloaded this idea because at the time of me coming up with okay, what am I going to have as a book cover? All this stuff on Facebook was going around about evolution and all these like. I don't know. It was just weird. I just kept on seeing posts about evolution. I was like, this is not the, this is no such thing as evolution in this manner. Like I'm not a monkey. I didn't start a monkey. Nobody that we know ever came from monkeys. I don't understand the evolution side of things, but I do know what God's creation uh, does and what God's power does. So I decided to show my evolution from the wheelchair to me, standing proudly back in my prosthetics and saluting back to this country that I served. And so I love that, man. You know, very touching and uh, very original, you know, no, no bull there. And I hear you loud and clear and, and, and it's a wonderful cover. But I'm sure you'll come up with something just as good and brilliant for the next one. But I'm sure if God's downloading the idea, then yeah, I'm sure it'll be great. So well, you know, and which which leads me to something very cool because you know everything we do is universally given from the ultimate power, and and people may yeah. not believe that, but we 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 live, we breathe it, we see examples of it every day, and you're like one of the most powerful examples that I've met in my life, and I'm a lot older than you, man, so. You know, thank you for for inspiring me. Um, it's awesome, man. So if you had to say something to the civilian population out there about veterans and especially combat veterans, because we know there's this negative thing going on. And every time something happens, you know, there's always, well, was he an army guy? Was he Marine? What do you want civilians to know about combat veterans? I want them to know that, I mean, think of it in this way. Don't think of it as in, oh, that combat uh, veterans probably got issues. They probably have PTSD. Um, they're probably struggling with stuff. And, and they might. But instead of looking at them as some random combat veteran, maybe think of them as your own son. What would you do for your own child if they were struggling? Would you give them a helping hand? Would you give them a hug and appreciate the service that they gave if it was your own kid? Would you find help for them, uh, give them uh, contact information, and maybe help get them to a point where they can get some help? I mean, I also represent the PTSD Foundation of America. I mean, they have Camp Hope over in Houston where they have veterans go to get back on track in life. There's other organizations that do the same thing. They also have camps and uh, different places. Mighty Oaks is another one. Dave Reaver Foundation has camps and stuff. I mean, there's plenty of help out there. So instead of looking at a combat veteran and saying, oh, well, that's, that's just how they are. They're going to be struggling. We're a community. We're supposed to be. the. And I, I just posted about this the other day. We're not the states of America. We're the United States of America. And that word united is important and, and even uh, crucial to our country being as great as it is. If we're not united, if we're not helping each other to, the, to our neighbors left and right, then who are we? What are we even doing? So I, I challenge... I like to challenge people. Um, I like <laughs> no to, doubt. Yeah, yeah. If I'm challenging myself, I can challenge other people too. And so I challenge them. Show love. Show support. And you, you know someone who may be struggling or even if you don't, but if you come into contact with someone who is a combat veteran, just show them love, respect. Talk with them maybe if they want to talk. I mean – all you can do is show love, and I'm sure it'll go a long, long way. A lot of people, my wife and I love reminding people that so many people say the least you could do is pray for them. That's actually the most you could do. So even if you're, yeah, it's the most you can do. Prayer kept me alive, people. Like, this is no joke. Prayer is an amazing tool. So even if you're 
uh, a little too nervous to go up and talk to a, a combat veteran. Okay, that's fine. Pray for them. Because they may need it. And so uh, that's what I, I try to encourage uh, the listeners, that everybody that we come into contact with, uh, to just unite again and show love and support and pray for each other. It's not that hard. I no. mean, it really isn't. And it's free. you know. And it's free. Yeah, you don't even have to pay, spend a dime. I mean, shoot. So I'm a I'm a I'm a transitioning veteran. My headspace is in a bad place. What are you going to tell them, JP, or her? I'm going to tell them this. A lot of people, well, some people know this. If if they don't know this, listening, they're they're about to. In 2018, last year, I went back to Afghanistan. I remember that. I I remember that. Yeah, I saw that in in the news feeds. Yes, so I, w- I went back to Afghanistan. I'm a double amputee in prosthetics. A lot of people, when they go through war situations, the last place they want to go back is the same place they were scarred, right? And for me, I saw it as an opportunity to let go. Let go of all the anger that I held onto from war and just let go of everything, really, over there that I didn't want to hold onto. And at the same time, I took it as a way to look the enemy in the face and tell them. And in fact, I even brought my favorite shirt that um, I actually uh, first started with. It says, nice try Taliban on it. (laughs) And I brought it over there just to laugh back in the face of the enemy and show them who they're really messing with. I'm not going to go home and suffer with PTSD because of what happened over there. I'm not going to go home and suffer with depression because I lost my legs and my whole body was broken into pieces. I'm not going to go home and struggle with my family and my loved ones because of nightmares and different things that I'm going through. Why? Because I'm back home. I'm no longer, and I'm not going to let the enemy defeat me. The Army taught me one thing that I encourage every military man to, to remember, military men and women, Never give up, never surrender. That doesn't mean never give up, never surrender. But if you get blown up and lose your limbs or if something bad happens to you in a war zone or, or even back home after war, you can go ahead and give up because that stuff sucks. No. They taught us never give up, never surrender, period. No matter what we go through. Being mentally tough, physically tough, and I add on spiritually tough. Because that's how we overcome things that we go through that is some um some great advice and some really useful wisdom i would call it and it's pertinent and it's real let me ask you this jp what is what does freedom mean to you being able to live every single day in a country whether it appreciates the sacrifice and the loss that our military has done and still get to do what I want to do on a day-to-day basis. As much hard work as I put into my lifestyle and the things I enjoy doing, I'll see the success of that. Why? Because freedom. This country has freedom. And freedom is only brought to you. I, I saw it on a shirt somewhere. It's brought to you by the pain and sacrifice and blood, sweat, and tears of our military men and women. <laughs> that's I love that. That's true. I love that too, you know, and it is. Yeah. You know, I'm a non-combat veteran, but you know, we were trained up ready to go, but you know, just a different time, different place. You know, I'm I'm glad that you're here and able to uh, to live the life that you want because of freedom, but also to impart your wisdom and to be able to tell your story and to be a testimony not only spiritually but professionally um to others to to uphold them and to motivate and inspire them to never give up in a in a perfect world which it is i guess where do you see yourself um in five years what do you hope to accomplish next and i know you're busy man i i've seen the bio you know Uh, (laughs) i'm actually kind of glad you asked that question i didn't know if we were gonna if that question would be in there or not um honestly the where i see myself five years years from now my wife and i are are already planning something that god's really put in our hearts to do we 
we want to open up our own ranch, actually, uh, start our own nonprofit and bring vet- veterans and their families out to a retreat. It'll be spiritual based. I mean, we want to inspire them while they're there, but at the same time, it'll be a retreat. I mean, a heaven, heavenly place where they can bring their family and just have a, a paid week of vacation and get to know a little bit about how God's done miracles in, in our lives and stuff. Uh, at the same time, we'll also bring disabled children and their families out to do the same things because uh, we love children. Oh my goodness. That's uh, right now, every Wednesday we do tutoring and fun sports camps, uh, like you mentioned earlier, for the gang outreach here in San Antonio. That's what we do. Uh, we love children. They're the future, and, and we really want to inspire them to uh, learn how they can overcome trials when they are faced with them in the future. Uh, so these camps are going to be able to, to do that for veterans and their families, uh, disabled children and their families. Ooh. I can't give away too many secrets about how we're going to operate, but it it will be self-sustaining. And um, we will, of course, raise donations and stuff like that, which is uh, we'll bring others into the community. But we just want to continue giving back for as many years as God blesses us on this planet. And so in five years, that is definitely the goal to have that set up. Of course, I'll still be doing speaking professionally and performing. In fact, I'm Starting this Sunday, I start recording another album. I'm super excited about it. Awesome, man! I think you, I think you just named your the Hemley Place Ranch. I think that would be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a cool That's, name, man. Yeah, oh yeah, of course. I would love to. I, I can see uh, the I brand. Already, I can see the brand already, man. Yeah, yeah. It'll be clouds. Right? clouds <laughs> yeah, <and laughs> that'll be cool. But, yeah. Well, you know, we we. Yeah. We know it's going to happen because everything that you say is going to happen does through the strength of God and, and your will as well, which is free will, which we all have. And we wish you the best for that endeavor and anything that we can do to help get the word out. You know, we're buddies forever, man. And, you know, we, yeah. have, we have a lot in common and <clears throat> not only as Americans, but as Army soldiers and just our own personal beliefs about people and how much we love people and how much we love God. And um, I'm just glad that we were finally able to make this conversation happen. So yeah. how can people contact you if they need to? And and again, where can they go to get that marvelous book to see that cool cover? Well, at nighttime, they can shine the Iron Man logo up in the air and I'll fly to them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've seen that, man. Um, Come on. right here. You know. That would be crazy, right? No, they can go to uh, my website. It's jpsjourney.com. So jpsjourney.com and and put an inquiry on on the website. My wife and I will receive it and the rest of my team. And otherwise, they can check us out. Check me out on Facebook, Instagram, those other social media things at jplaneofficial. And they can certainly follow us on there and join the journey with us. I mean... This is not a journey that my wife and I are on by ourselves. It's a fun journey when everybody else is involved. And and we love to see all the friends and family and fans following and commenting and sharing in the support and everything. So we really do appreciate it. And then, of course, with my book, Walking Again, it'll, it's already on Amazon. We did a special pricing. We normally sell them for $25 in person, but... We did it 1911 on Amazon for September 11th, the 9-11 there. We, we would love to have everyone join us. And the years to come are going to be, uh, I know they're just going to be amazing. And we're going to just inspire everyone we possibly can uh, with each day that goes by. So Awesome. We, we Again, we wish you all the best in those endeavors. And we know that you're going to accomplish great things. Not only for your family, but for you know the people that follow you and people that don't even know you right now that you're going to have an effect on. You've certainly blessed my day. I'm glad that I was able to finally work out the calm issues, but we we got it happening. And you know, <laughs> yeah, again, yeah. you know, more testimony. If there's a will, there's a way. JP's going to get it done. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's not. It's going to happen. So, is there? You know, before we you know sign off on this one, is there is there a personal mantra that you live with? Uh, that you think is important for people to know? 
in regards to like a phrase or Any, something like that? A phrase, a quote, a JP quote would be awesome. I honestly, I try to inspire people to have the mindset of what has become my favorite thing to say. Um, and again, uh, I'll, it goes off of the nice try Taliban shirt that I first made um, many, many years ago. I started my nice try brand based off of that idea. And that nice try idea has come from the doctors telling me I couldn't talk uh, properly. I couldn't sing ever again. Them telling me that I would not be able to use prosthetics and all of these things. So I tell people when they're faced with that kind of negativity, no matter what it is, that they should follow this one simple, easy thing to say. Nice try. <laughs> Great, man. Well, there you have it. Justin Lang, United States Army soldier, talented musician and guitar player, author now, inspired, motivational speaker, husband, true blue American, and uh, somebody that you can count on that will get the job done and Thanks again, JP. It's good to see you, man. I don't know what the beard thing is, but uh, but I love it. It looks good on you, man. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. I it looks, it. it looks good. So, But thank you for being here. You humble me, and uh, I wish you all the best. And if you need anything, let me know, man. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And ditto. Always uh, got your six. Before they burn it down. Thank you for listening to another episode of Straight Outta Combat Radio, audio medicine from Green Zone Hero. If you liked what you heard, then tell others about us. Like us and download us. And please remember, freedom is not free, and combat veterans are vital assets. They're not broken. Hey.